Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, into pop five, fairway, what you fin do? Think I'll try to get on into start right, good line, good view, it drew. Shooter McGavin, two thumbs that's up high and two fingers. On Screws Podcast presented by Manscaped. Uh, Bryce, our ad guy now. Go ahead, yeah, Bryce. hashtag ad reads with Bryce. <laughs> New segment coming at you. Um, yeah, give the info. Let's do it. Yeah, um, if you want to mow your body down, TM, uh, make sure you uh, use discount code OTS Golf for twenty percent off and free shipping um, for any items there. Um, yeah, even if you're just buying one item, go ahead and use it. Um, or even if you're just trimming one item, like you're making one item too, like Bryce has done right here. Like yeah, I actually like, just did my unibrow the other day with it and it looks fantastic. So um, yeah. I definitely mowed my body down well and used Manscaped to, to do it. So uh, go over and check them out. Yeah, this um, just yesterday, uh, so this is going to come out on Friday as usual. So just yesterday I was out at Copetown Woods. So you guys have heard us uh, talk about Copetown Woods. Bryce and I played there last year with Blake and uh, and Chef. It was, a, mm-hmm. it was a, a tough day. We had some better weather way better weather this time um it was good we were out with barry forth he's the uh he's the owner general manager uh larry froth is his alter ego sometimes on social media so he's just a good good guy man all around good guy um just gets it you know he just gets like what golfers want to experience when they're golfing Mm -hmm. private feel at a public course um one of the best clubhouses you're going to get. And, uh, he invited us out. Um, unfortunately Bryce is, uh, you're up this week, but, uh, not yet. So took a couple buddies out there and, uh, and then we teed it up with Barry, which was a lot of fun and went to the Mike Weir event. So I'm a lefty, I'm a golfer, obviously, you know, Mike Weir is one of my idols, right? Um, kind of a Canadian legend. So it was really cool to meet him. It was, uh, he was a bit pressed for time, but they were releasing the Weir beer, which, uh, Sean and Ed, um, from logger shit, I think it is, uh, hopefully I got that right. But, uh, they, they teamed up with Mike Weir, did a beer, which is uh really cool. It's actually a really good beer too. Um, had a few still played yeah. all right though. So uh, it was okay. It was, uh, we played a game of Vegas, my buddy, uh, Curtis and I versus, uh, my friend Kirk and Barry. So it was good. Barry and Kirk ended up beating us though. So how much better was that course in the better conditions? Was it not way better? Or what? Yeah. Well, like it was beautiful when we were there. Right? I know, but it was wet and soggy and yeah, it was, uh, it still plays really tough. I oh, yeah. had a couple doubles, but I played the par threes really well. I told you we'd had another little hole in one scare. Um, mm-hmm. I, it was like a tucked pin. So we were just having like, we were just playing Vegas, having a good time. Like went right at it, hit like a nice, like draw. Um, Bryce, if you remember the par three, it's kind of uphill a little bit and there's a par five green just to the left of it. And there's like you were long on it when we played, there's like some like lilac bushes or something there. So it's yeah. probably like the, I don't know, eighth hole, maybe something like that. Seventh hole, seventh hole. This is yeah. Seventh hole. I remember that. Yeah. So the pin was like tucked on the bottom. It's left. not like really elevated. It's maybe like five, six feet, right? Like just slightly elevated. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, know which one I think it just seems like it because there is a, like a bunker kind of tuck. Short know. left, right? Yeah, it's like short left and then there's like yeah. a mound that goes up. So that's where the pin yeah. was. It was actually a really tough pin. And I hit just like my stock draw in there and uh, we couldn't see the ball driving up because it was kind of tucked in behind. So Barry was looking at me and like, obviously he's the, the owner. He knows the course really well. And 
we were having those, uh, you know, you get that feeling. It's like, I I was starting to get a little nervous. Right. So, um, but yeah, so it was a good day. Um, played the par threes really well. Um, Barry and I had some, uh, we're going to reserve it for our next chat, but we had some, Barry and I had some interesting, really interesting, uh, tee shots on number nine. So that was kind of, uh, it was tough. It was tough. A couple tough tee shots on number nine, but I actually like smoked a three wood. I had to hit a three wood into a par four. So that'll give you a good idea of what happened. So mm. yeah, it was tough. It was tough, but, uh, didn't get up and down either, man. Like, cause same thing is like, I was just into the second cut. And like, you know, like ball goes in, 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 and down. And, like it's just gone. Like and it's, it's buried. Yeah. So good thing is I learned my lesson last time we played there, Bryce. It's like, you just got to get it out and try and make a putt. Right. Mm-hmm. And I did that really well. Like I, you know, scrambled pretty well. I probably shot again. We were playing Vegas. I probably shot 77 to 80 or something i would think somewhere in there so i didn't really tally up the scores to figure it out but had a couple doubles so not not any bad scores a pretty good day pretty good day drove the ball okay aside from that one t shot um a couple decent approaches so rolled the ball well too yeah i uh i played yesterday which was sunday my dad actually came down and we just played nine holes but i played not great, but my I got the stealth in the bag now, right? I just yeah. got it. So how was I can, it? I mean, I can when I put it on the screws, if you know what I mean. Um, it went. Um, I mean, I just flushed my first drive, and I was just like, "Oof, that's a good feeling." So, um, it's behaving for now. Which my old driver was my best friend. So, yeah, um, yeah. we're starting out well. We have a good relationship so far. So let's see if it uh, if it continues. Well, it should be a little bit more forgiving maybe I don't yeah know. i had the m5 which was like the tour more tour head not the m6 and then this is just the stealth not the stealth plus so yeah. hopefully it gives me a little more forgiveness on those off-centered hits but i mean first round i was very happy with it so it's good yeah i've kind of rolled between the uh like i really liked the sim 2 last year so i've been going back and forth a little bit um but yesterday like when i hit it i hit it well like so I just uh, got to work on some th- uh, some things with my swing, but I got a G-Pod coming, so that'll be good. There you go. Um, they're also doing a giveaway too right now, so I don't know if it'll still be up, but if if it is, go check out G-Pod Golf because uh, our friend, friend of the pod here, Paul Park, he's been on before. Um, they're doing a giveaway. They got like 10,000 followers, man. That tool is like, I guess, you know what? It might be the best training device in golf. Probably. I would definitely argue it. Like it's, everybody wants to record their swing. Everybody wants to like have a look at their swing and see what they're doing. Like what more visual aspect do you have from just, you don't even need a magnet on the phone. Like you just pop your phone on it. They've done Mm -hmm. some type of, uh, I don't know, some type of like weird, I don't know what, what word I'm looking for here, but some type of like science experiment or figured it out. Yeah. Some weird algorithm. You just pop it on, you just pop it on. You don't even have to put like a magnet in there or anything. I think, I don't know. So it's cool. I'm looking forward to it. It should be up any day. And then, uh, yeah, no more setting things up on the corner of my golf bag or on my like coffee cup or anything like that. So it'll be a good day. JT this weekend, big uh, big W at the PGA. Yeah, Southern Hills mowed down the competition. He did mow down the competition. You know, I love like the quote I saw today. Like, you know, I I get he was like joking about it, but he's like, don't let anybody tell you, you can't do anything. I shanked a five iron or whatever it was on a part three and then uh yeah i had an approach shot from like 105 yards out and won a major championship so jt's been due right and his game's been good um yep. 
I think like when he got in that playoff, like I felt bad for Pereira, man. Like Mito played so oh, well and double bowl. What yeah. was that swing on 18? It's tough, man. It's tough. Whoa, like I don't even know what that was. It's just like the level of nerves, right? I'd be nervous too. Like US yeah, Open. Like, you or have like to... just hit four iron or something, lay up. Like yeah. I mean, you just gotta make par. That's a tough hold up. Like, isn't it? It's a tough hole to par, yeah, sure. John Rom, I mean, John Rom shanked one as well. Yeah, but like you just can't even put that. I know it was even if he hit three wood, but I even think if he had driver, it would have went long into the creek anyways. Like I don't think he should have hit driver there, but I don't know. Regardless, it's a tough, tough for him. You can see Joaquin Nyman, his fellow Chilean, yeah, um, watching and kind of consoling him after. It was tough, but. Um, in his interview after he was like, I'm, I'm, I made a few mistakes, but I mean, I'm still very proud of what I did and he should yeah. be. I mean, that's a, he, he's going to win, right? Like he's a rookie. A, yeah. But that was a great performance. I mean, yeah. he can't look back as that as being, I mean, it's just going to up his, up his uh, confidence and be better for his career. So good for well, him. Maybe give him a shot at the, uh, you know, maybe the president's team or something like that too. Yeah. I I don't know where he's sitting right now, but he's got a game, man. He's been around a little while. I know he's played pretty well at a major championship too, but uh, Zalatoris is like his stats. He's got two missed cuts in the, I, know. I think out of eight, but other than that, they're all like top tens. It's insane. Yeah, I wanted to see him win, but I was happy to see JT win for but sure. Honestly, man, when JT wins, I think golf wins. I said that the AJ are from, from Pioneer. Um, we were talking about it a little bit and I think when JT wins, golf wins, man. Like people, it's good for, for the, the most part, our yeah. fans of JT, I think he's a good ambassador, kind of like Rory is, you know, good ambassador for the game. I think, you know, we're going to see Zalatoris win major championships. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah, so, a year older than me. But uh, that putting stroke needs some it's, work. It might be worse than mine. I hate to say it, but it might be worse than mine. So, I think it was Thursday or Friday. Guess who led the tournament in strokes gained putting? Will Will Zalatoris, man. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. He gets he finds finds tournaments to like putt well. Yeah, but then you see like a like a slow mo of his putting stroke, and it's just left, right, left, right. It's left, almost like right. he's like pushing it to the hole. It's it's an interesting one, but um, I enjoyed the tournament. I thought Southern yeah. Hills played tough. It was kind of interesting, you know, how they have to like add T blocks and they're hitting over groups and yeah. But I've had a couple messages. Um about that and we're going to see more of that in golf as things get longer guys right? are getting there's, longer yeah. there's only so much real estate like we're probably going to see that at the open so you know who i love to see up there t5 tommy fleetwood yeah it was friend, nice it was i like nice. to see him back in it yeah well he's, always liked, he's had some like game him. lately like he's been playing oh, well yeah. um and he's one of the best ball strikers in the world right so one of the nicest swings so he was you know, in, in those tournaments, he's always going to be floating around. He just has to get that win. Yeah, um, for sure. But, but yeah, it's like he's just got to get it done. And it'll come. I'm sure it'll yep. come. But uh, it was still fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. I like, personally, I like seeing guys have to grind it out like that. It's kind of nice to see them, like, play golf like I do. Um, yeah, JT back know, from seven strokes, too. Yeah, 1.2%. Awesome. Uh, 1.2% odds were what he had to win the championship going into the final round, which was pretty cool. So, um, I got beat up pretty good. Like I got beat oh, up. Oh, I got rinsed this weekend. I had no Canadians making the cut. Was the only one I go had to go through. So tough. Uh, I got rinsed. Tough week for us, but um, I think I made all three cuts though. Maybe so. 
tough week for Scotty Scheffler, DJ. Um, we talked about Tiger, obviously, and like how that was really, really tough to see him have to withdraw. So yeah. you said he shouldn't have been playing. I said, watch your mouth. And <laughs> the next like 20 minutes later, yeah. WDs. Well, I just think it's like, it's, t- it's tough. He, he's a competitor. He wants to play. Right. So I know it's just hard to see him limping around literally on the first tee, like limping yeah. around, like at the driving range. Like if you're limping around that bad, I just don't know if it's time yet, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him out there. I mean, it's Tiger Woods. He's going to be out there whether you like it or not. So I think he'll play well at the Open Championship. I've said if he's going to win any tournament, it's going to be at the Open. If he's got yeah. any shot, it's going to be the Open Championship. Um, but we got to get into it. Our episode here with uh, Club Catcher Golf, which is a pretty cool, pretty cool device. Um, you know, if you've got a habit of losing your clubs and whatnot, you're definitely going to want to hang around. And uh, we got Ben and Jesse uh, from Club Catcher, so let's uh, let's hop into it. Bryce, you good? Yeah, we got we're about to get cut off here. So uh enjoy this episode, guys. How are you guys doing? Thanks for joining us. Doing great. And uh by the way, I wouldn't call it butchery. I've heard a lot, lot worse. You said it the way it looks, which is fine. Like okay. that's completely rational, so that's fine. Um but yeah, no, I'm great. Thanks so much for having us on. Really appreciate it. And uh so you're the founder. You you mentioned you're uh just before we got on, Jesse and I have chatted a couple times. We've uh we've tested out the product. Uh product is pretty cool. And uh and Ben, so what do you do with the company, Ben? I'm kind of helping oversee, you know, all marketing efforts, specifically digital influencer and affiliate marketing. Um, and I've been with I've been with Club Catcher since early March. Uh so it's been just a couple of months for me. But working with Jesse and and Dan and, and Jason, some of the other guys on our team, it's been it's been a really fun experience the last couple of months. It's been really, everyone on the team has been absolutely great, especially Jesse. So oh, thanks, Ben. It's been super fun having <laughs> you here too. Seriously. Yeah, Bryce is uh Bryce is here too. And you know, Bryce has been on the pod probably since I don't know, episode twenty or something like that. So this is gonna be episode number eighty one, I believe. So we've been at this a little while now, so it's uh, really good to have you guys here. Jesse is in the uh, top screen. Ben is like right here beside me. He looks like he's like really close to me here. You can't see it, but it looks like I reach out and touch him. But uh, yeah, that might switch at some point if it does, uh, just so you know their faces. So if they're chatting and uh, we'll try and drop a little name bar over there. Um, introduction for you guys. We've been doing this, yeah, 81 episodes now, uh, Bryce and I. Um, I remember actually, Bryce, funny enough, I think your first episode was a PGA Championship last year. Yeah, I think so. That might if be I remember right. correctly, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, Bryce and I have known each other for a long time. Um, we're family, extended family. So uh, really appreciate you guys coming on and uh, kind of sharing the produ- uh, product. I don't know why I keep yeah. saying product, but um, yeah. Uh, Jesse, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, just kind of if we can get a little bit of information from you guys, just who you are before we got to Club Catcher, before, yep. you know, we'll get into it. But before you kind of got into this uh, venture, what what were you guys doing before? Yeah, sure. So. Uh, I spent the first part of my career in aerospace engineering, and so, oh. so, so I did engineering on uh, satellites and unmanned airplanes, and I would work on the part of the vehicle that would uh, is called guidance, navigation, and control. So it's the part that would automatically steer a satellite or an airplane. Um, automatically control its orientation and its position in space. Um, And so I would uh, sort of like write simulations to model airplanes and satellites and then test out different control laws to see how they perform to to steer the aircraft and then sort of hand that off to software engineers who would turn it into the flight code. 
Um, and then I got into some other things in aerospace, like some, some management business development. Um, then I was a co-founder of an electronics manufacturing company here in San Francisco, which is still going. I left it a couple of years ago. I was there for about six and a half years. Um, and what we did there was, um, it was a, we're a contract manufacturer. Tempo is a contract manufacturer, which means they'll make um, various electronics for various customers. But the specialty is really complicated, big, expensive circuit boards that the customer needs really fast. And so that was the spe- that is the specialty. And then it's it's um, using custom software to try to automate more of the parts of the manufacturing process so that it just all goes a lot faster. Um, so that's Tempo. I was there for six and a half years. And uh, at that time, there were some changes. It was um, that maybe weren't focusing on some of the things that were most exciting to me anymore, which I'm not saying is the wrong thing. They were focusing on some things they needed to. It just, for me, felt like a good time to move on. And um, and then I decided to do what I've had in mind now for uh, like 13 years or so, which is Club Catcher. Um, so, you know, around that amount of time ago, um, I was down, I was in San, I'm in San Francisco now. I was in San Diego at the time. And um, I've never been good at golf, still not good at golf, but like mm-hmm. I would go out and play in San Diego and, and uh, my friend and I would go and like, you know, yeah, I mean, we, we were just out there having fun and, and um, we would definitely leave clubs behind a lot. And we were playing with, uh, he, he's an aerospace, he's a mechanical engineer. We were both working at an aerospace company at the time. And, and um, uh, somebody in our group at one point when one of us left a club behind and then we kind of like the other one teased you know, tease the, the other guy saying like, you know, it's the fifth time this month and whatever. And, and then the other guy that forced who had heard that we were aerospace engineers are like, you guys are engineers. Why don't you invent a product to fix that, you know, to solve that problem. And we kind of, my buddy, Matt Smiley and I looked at each other and we kind of like light bulb. Yeah. We're like, yeah, actually let's think about that. And then we started just right then just brainstorming it. And then, um, yeah, it's been, I guess, uh, a sort of a long road with some stops and starts. I mean, I put it on the shelf uh, pretty much entirely while I was at Tempo there, that, like uh, the electronics manufacturing company. Um, but uh, but then, yeah, finally, like um, this last couple of years, um, and you know, everything takes a little longer or a lot longer than you think it's going to. Um, you know, hurdles come up you didn't expect, but so it um, took a lot of work, but like we have a product now that we're really happy with. We've been selling it. Um, starting just before this past Christmas and um, have, uh, yeah, have some customers now who um, were, uh, you know, happy with it, who have already, you know, told us that it's prevented them from leaving some clothes behind, which is obviously what we love to hear. Um, and so, yeah, we just love to kind of get this in, in front of as many people who want the product as we can and, uh, and, and solve the problem for whoever wants the problem to be solved by technology. In, unless you might just, decide you want it to be solved by like being determined to have a better memory and that's fine <laughs> but for some people it's just like they're out there having fun and they're always just gonna forget some and, and we want to give them one less thing to worry about you know just let them enjoy golf whatever that is to whatever that is to them hey it's easy to rely on technology nowadays right so yeah. uh we got ben here as well ben ball so marketing manager um tell us a little bit about yourself ben if you don't mind yeah, definitely. Um, so I've, I've had a career rise. I've had an interesting career and background. I spent the last two years 
really in the golf industry full time. And then at least over the last, you know, year alone, just having like at least a foot in it. Uh, prior to, I mean, it all started because of COVID. It all started really honestly in March of 2020. Um, prior to that, I think I started working for this company and I started working with this company called Simon Property back in 2016 when I graduated from grad school. And you guys aren't familiar with, you know, your audience isn't familiar with Simon Property Group here in the States. Simon Property Group owns almost like every mall in the country. Um, they, they are a property management company that owns, you know, every shopping center you could think of in the, in, in the, in the United States and a bunch of all across the planet. Um, so I was with them for four years, was known them for my entire career. And then COVID hit and shopping malls and uh, public shopping areas and COVID and shutdowns were not going to mix very well. Um, and I just remember, I remember being in my office one week and I saw a stock price just dip 50% in like three days. And I'm like, I went to my boss. I'm like, this isn't good. And he goes, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. Two days later, I got the call. Yeah. You know what? Um, we're going to, you know, it's tough times. And I'm like, yeah. So unlike a lot, like a lot of people during well, March, 2020, I got laid off, which is, you know, it ended up being a blessing in disguise. And a week later, I got a job offer from a startup called body track. Um, and body track's been around for, I think a decade now in the golf world. Yeah. We know um, body track. We know yeah. uh, Terry Hashimoto and, uh, you know, yeah. hurricane, hurricane Terry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've had Terry on the pod before. Yeah. Great human, uh, yeah. funny guy. Uh, but he, yeah. So I, I started working with them back in back in March and April, and uh, it was this. It was like this company that I never heard of before. I've been around golf my entire life. Not you know, not as much as I'm into it now, but my because of my dad, I've been around it for most of my life. And he had heard about it, and some people that I knew that were instructors knew about it, and like, oh, that's a really cool company. So I, you know, people aren't too familiar with it. Body Track created essentially like a doormat. I mean, it literally is the top of it is a doormat. And on the bottom of it is this like pressure pad um, and you stand on it and it connects to an app via like the like this its own Wi-Fi network. And it, and it allows you to view your weight distribution throughout your golf swing. So it, it's a force play and it, it competes with, you know, swing catalyst and smart to move and some of the other big ones in the, in the, in the industry. Um, so what they really, really wanted to focus on was essentially they were this B2B company. They had maxed out the, the, the golf instructor world. Um, it's honestly really funny. My first couple of months with the, with the company, it was really hilarious to like, look into like big time golf influencers and instructors and people you wouldn't think had ever heard of body track, like Rick Shields, who's, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest independent golf uh, influencer in the world. Um, you would see videos, old videos of his, or just DMS between him, him and, and body track back in the day that, you know, he was a fan of them and he had his own mat. And I think there was a Peter Finch video and he was doing a tour of his, of his new studio, like just, you know, last year. And he's like, Oh, look, I found an old body track mat back in my, hmm. back in my garage. And, 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 you know, Claude Harmon, the son of Butch Harmon was a big fan and user of body track that Mike shy, the, 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 uh, golf coach for Bryson DeChambeau for a long time was a user of body track. So there was just this really cool, they just, they really did have a track record of working with some of the best instructors in the world. Um, but they wanted to focus more on consumers. You know, there was, you know, there was this theory at the time where like they were starting to see some evidence that golf was going to take off, at least from the equipment side, people, it was one of the only things you could do. So they wanted to focus more on people who could, could afford a $3,000 product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and compare it maybe with a launch monitor or with a, with a, with a, um, with a simulator in their home. Um, so over the next year, we just really just try to transition body track into this consumer facing company versus a, um, versus more of a B2B company. And we, we were pretty successful with it. Uh, we had some really good partnerships and, and we were able to, I think by the time I left, we were, we were you know, selling some mats and doing some really good business. Now I, w- I won't lie and say that some of the people that bought the mat were instructors. Uh, so we weren't like so, so, uh, so selling solely to consumers, but 
um, you know, you're in business, you're going to sell to whoever's going to buy the product. So we were, we did, we did well with it. And at the time, uh, I think it was March of the following year. Um, I got a job offer from Rapsodo. Um, was with them through the through the summer and into the fall. Um, and if you guys aren't too familiar with Soto, they they make a portable launch monitor. Um, and they've they've got partnerships with like No Lane Up and Golficity and and Coach Rusty and a bunch of and they they they've gotten a bunch of awards through my Golf Spy and Golf Digest and just this really successful company and a really smart team. So I was kind of overseeing their marketing efforts uh, for about seven months and then just. Just had to, uh, unfortunately just had to resign at one point and just had to move away. And you know they wanted, they kind of wanted everyone in St. Louis, kind of where their home office was in the United States. And, and my goal long term was to move to Nashville, which is where I ended up. Um, so I just kind of was, yeah, I'm going to move to Nashville. So luckily I was able to get a job out here, um, but then started doing some consulting work and starting working with some other brands. And, and I worked with Drybox for a little bit. Uh, Drybox is this really cool uh, startup founded by Jake Hutt, who's a you know, pretty big now TikTok and, and Instagram influencer within the golf world. Uh, and, and a guy named Deal Yang. And it's just like, imagine like a U-Haul trailer and there's a, uh, there's a golf simulator inside of it and you can rent it for parties and events. Um, oh, that's cool. That is yeah, cool. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing a really cool thing. And, and I think they just launched in Charleston and, and in Utah. Uh, so they're looking to launch in different States, depending on who they can get to work with in each state. Uh, and then by the time I was kind of finishing up there, I, I met Jesse and I've been with club catcher ever since. Um, and then it's like in a full-time, in a full-time role, I work here in, in Nashville as, as a, in, in digital marketing for a company. So, uh, it's been a really cool, it's been a really interesting two and a half years. I'll say that I got to meet some really awesome human beings in the golf world. Um, I, I, I think when I was at battle track, I did start a podcast cause we needed content. So just even just doing that, we, we I got to meet some really awesome people. People I, I admired. I met Tom Coyne for, uh, over Zoom. Had a conversation with him. Uh, James Robinson, the YouTuber out of the UK. I met Ben yep. Wells Adams from The Bachelor. Uh, John Bucciagas of ESPN. Um, before I left, we had we had lined up like Jay Billis and a couple other people. That at that point, I was just wanting to interview anyone who liked golf, and I admired anyone that uh-huh. didn't have anything to do with the golf industry. Um, but that was just something that was just a product of the last two years. And yeah, that's kind of been where I, that's kind of me and where I've been the last couple of years. Perfect. That's, that's kind of cool. You say that too. Cause I mean, that's a, honestly why me and Mac do this is just to kind of connect with people, like you said, and people we looked up, look up to, or, um, even if we don't just, um, interesting people in the golf world. And it, it's really cool. I mean, um, people don't realize how cool it is just to chat with people that you've never met before that are in doing that enjoy the same thing you do you know it's uh it's really cool it's kind of like uh you know as the pandemic started and whatnot i think a lot of people took on different ventures right so that was the idea is like uh continuing a skill set that a lot of us you know might have felt like we were losing and talking to new faces and and you know like jesse and i hopping on a call like last week like we didn't know each other we just kind of chat through social media a little bit and then you know just hop on a call and talk some golf or something that's interesting to us i think we got into a whole bunch of different topics and stuff like that and you know went on for a little while which was great like it was nice right because we're all kind of missing that like human connection and although we're on a zoom call right now or we're on like an online call it's still nice to have that connection and then uh I've been able to, you know, catch up and meet with quite a few people that I've ended up, uh, you know, meeting through the pod. So it's, it's been really cool. And, and, um, we, uh, you said swing catalyst. We've also had Ryan Holly on, who's a swing catalyst. Uh, he's an affiliate up here and he's been on the pod in the past. And then, uh, squares golf was on the pod a couple of weeks ago and they do a lot of work with Terry Hashimoto, the guys over at body track on developing, you know, the, 
their shoe and their footprint, their footprint essentially that goes with that shoe. Right. So if we can, uh, if we can take it back a little bit, Jesse, I know you mentioned there that, um, you started the idea. So you started the club catcher idea. You've had it for some time now, walked away from a little bit, came back to it, you know, same thing back and forth, back and forth. When did you kind of get, when do you think you got started on? When did you first have the idea? I I think it was like 2008, maybe. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's when we, I think that's probably when, uh, I should call smile and see if, if he agrees with that, but that, uh, <laughs> that, um, his smiley does, I'm still friends with him. He doesn't work on the project anymore, but, um, he's still uh, down in San Diego. But, um, I, I think, I think that's when that time was that we kind of like had okay. that life moment that we talked about. And then, um, yeah, we just started dabbling and, um, working with people who knew electronics better than we did. We, um, we sponsored a, a senior design project at San Diego State University and tried to get some students to basically prototype the system for us, um, which was interesting. We were trying, at that time, we were trying to use um, a passive RFID system um, where you just have like a little like chip the same as you have in a credit card. You, you could just put that at the end of the golf club. And um, that ended up being like that passive RFID reader would be um, too expensive and power hungry. And it just, it wasn't going to work. Um, I think there might be something there if you built that into a golf bag. And so you had it right at the bottom. But anyway, we were trying to make it something you could add on to any golf bag. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. So then we realized we have to have, we actually have to have powered transmitters in the club units. Um, and uh yeah, and then we 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 started developing like back then like there was Bluetooth like Bluetooth low energy had just come out at that time but like it wasn't um, there weren't like a lot of great um, software libraries for it yet and so you're kind of having to develop, develop things for, uh, from scratch more and like we we decided not to go with, uh, Bluetooth low energy at that time or really Bluetooth at all we had instead um, a dedicated base unit that you would clip to the golf bag and the club units would communicate with that, which it's still not actually like, I think it's not necessarily a terrible idea because there's actually some people still you'll find you're like, oh, I don't want to have to bring my phone, but most people do bring their phone. So like for most people using a phone is totally not a problem. But like, if um, like, I think like if I could just sort of have everything I'd want right now, like I'd have that as an option that people could buy. It's just what we decided for this version now that like starting kind of like a few years ago, like, I guess I, I did start to kind of think ahead while I was still at Tempo. I started to think ahead of like, what is going to be the next version? I started kind of designing it a little bit. And then once I left Tempo, I started kind of really getting into it. And, and we decided like the people I was working with uh, on the firmware, um, which is like the software that goes in the unit. And I decided like, it's just like, from a manufacturing standpoint, like it's just better to only have to manufacture this instead of mm-hmm. having to design this whole other thing, which is this base unit. And then with the base unit, like how are you going to interact with the base unit? Whereas like the phone obviously is great because everybody already has one. Almost everybody brings it golfing. The, the How do you interact with it? It's like it's already built in. It has a screen. It has buttons. It has everything you need. It's like it's just like um, there's a lot more efficient way to do it. And so we now use the phone as, as the base unit. Um, one thing that was tricky that we had to kind of change is like, if you have the base unit clipped to the golf bag, then you can basically use a system where like, if the, 
club unit goes outside of a certain distance from that base unit, you can be like, okay, the person is using that club. Mm-hmm. But with a phone, you can't do that, right? Because the phone might be in the golf cart, like in the glove box, in this cup holder, in your golf bag, which is on the golf cart. It might be in your pocket. So you can't tell from how far a club is away from the phone. You can't tell like whether where the club is because you don't know where the phone is. So we had to redesign that. And so, um, and so yeah, so now we have a system of using sensors in these units to know if the club is in or out of the bag. And then from that, we determine, first we look at it going out of the bag, we give you some time to select your clubs and change your mind. Once that amount of time has expired, we call that the removal timer, it's in the app. Um, Once the removal timer is expired, then it's like, okay, you've chosen your clubs and whatever clubs you have, you're using. And then at that point, even if you take the the club unit out of Bluetooth range, because some people say, oh, it's Bluetooth, so that must mean if you go out of Bluetooth range, you get an alarm, right? Well, no, that would actually give a lot of false alarms, right? Because if you have your phone, let's say you have your phone with your golf cart, you typically take clubs pretty far away. And yeah. You don't want alarms all those times. Right? Yeah. Bryce is always putting from like 60, 70 feet away. So, yeah. And four putting usually. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah. So then it's like, okay. So it's not based on distance, it's really based on a, the, there's kind of two algorithms. One algorithm is on the club unit, and that's the one that takes sensor inputs. So there's a, se- a light sensor and an angle sensor. And by using those sensor inputs together, the, app, the club unit algorithm knows whether it's in or out and sends that signal over Bluetooth to the app. The app has the like the higher level or the lost club algorithm, which is watching clubs go in and out. And from that, determining when you've left one behind. So just take the most common scenario. You take out a wedge and a putter and you take those, even if you take those out of Bluetooth range from your phone, because your phone's with your cart and you, you know, you go and go up to the green and using this out of breaks Bluetooth range. That's no problem. The app is just like, okay, you, you know, it's out of Bluetooth range, but you're just out somewhere using those clubs. But then when you bring back the putter, most commonly, right? Um, it says, okay, great. Putter's back in. You took out a wedge when you took out that putter. You should be bringing that wedge back too. Mm. And it gives you a certain amount of time. We call the return timer. And if you don't within that amount of time, it gives you an alarm. And then there's some other things too that we add on top in the algorithm where it's like, let's say, you know, so I told you, it's like, if you kind of take one out and then put it back within the removal time, which is like 20 seconds. It's not, it doesn't think you're done using it. It just thinks you changed your mind. And, um, but then once the removal timer is at zero, then if you bring one back and now you pull a different one out, it again thinks you changed your mind. So it has, so it's looking for different things. And so it won't give you an alarm at that time. For example, if you put, bring one back, pull another one out or vice versa, pull another one out and bring one back, but you still have this other wedge out. It won't think that that one should be coming back because it knows you just pulled another club out to go use. Right. So then, but it's like, it, but it's like, okay, the removal timer is at zero and you bring a club back and you don't take another one out and you still have one out. You probably should be returning that other one. So that's the kind of thing that the algorithm is doing. There's even a couple more kind of intricacies, but that's probably good for an explanation for it for now. Yeah. So yeah. like, Hold on, Bryce. If, if you yeah, haven't uh, if you haven't uh, picked up on it now, like Jesse's a pretty smart guy. Um, <laughs> so he mentioned that he's in aerospace. So we went through this trial, Jesse and I, and we we had a good time doing it. It was quick to set up. So we paired four clubs, uh, three wedges and a putter, in yeah. a minute, and yeah. we drop them in the bag, 
and we did like a simulator essentially. So we, you know, go through, like we would kind of pretty much more or less, you take a wedge out and you putter, you walk, you hit your wedge shot or whatever. If you miss, miss the green, you put your putter down. And then I dropped the putter back in the bag and almost like instantly it lets you know that the wedge is not with it, which was pretty cool because I guess that's the way to simplify it for anybody listening that it's not going to, you're not going to drive or walk to the next hole and then it's going to get to a certain length away and it's going to say, you got to walk all the way back and get your club. It's like instantaneous, which is a really cool feedback that I think if anybody has that problem that they're, you know, leaving their clubs, I'm thinking about my buddy Curtis, as you're driving home from work right now, listening to the podcast, I know that you are one person that leaves your clubs every once in a while. And I've mentioned to you, you're a lefty as well. So, um, I think it's uh yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good thing for our listeners or anybody listening to the pod that's interested in the product to know that it is instant. Like it's an instant feedback, which is really cool. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I think you made a good point. It's like the important thing is to, is to make it happen, get, make that alarm go off before you drive off. Right. Next Cause yeah. like if you get it at that time, right. When you come back to your bag, it's not too bad of a pain in the butt to go and grab your club. Well, the problem when it gets really annoying is like when you, don't you, you see your wedge is missing but like you know it might have been a few holes back where yeah. you actually left it you gotta and now try you to track it back. what's that you gotta try to track it all the way back yeah we, we've all been there through hole two, hole one. <laughs> yeah exactly we've been there through rounds where guys are coming by like they're having a good time they're like have you seen a wedge yeah and then maybe you have it maybe you don't but i'm definitely yeah. glad you kind of explained that because this isn't just your standard gps system kind of thing right it's way more than that so i'm really glad you explained that for listeners because um uh, because there's a lot more into this than just the gps system for sure yeah no i appreciate that and i mean it's funny because like i i um i wouldn't call this aerospace engineering but like i use some of the same tools like um a software package called matlab which is which is for um basically making simulations that's a big thing that people use it for and i would use it in aerospace to make simulations of airplanes and satellites Mm -hmm. and a year i made simulations of losing clubs and i just like smiling i would think of as many scenarios as possible um, of like, okay, what if the guy does this and then that, and we, and, and I'd write them down and like, okay, at time zero, this, you know, here's the starting conditions at time, you know, 10 seconds, he does this time, 12 seconds, you know, a minute. And we, and we, and then put those into the simulation and try different algorithms mm-hmm. and, and make sure that it, that we couldn't outsmart it. You know what I mean? And so, so it's kind of like using, I use some of the same tools from aerospace. So what's the uh, elapsed time when my wedge goes in the pond? <laughs> they didn't know how your wedge is in the pond Are you throwing it or is it well there's de- not so much wedges but there's definitely been a few putters that have been in my bag that have been threatened to go in yeah for sure i've never actually done it but i've threatened my, a few i was putters. playing golf out in wilmington north carolina we're visiting my where my sister lives and wilmington is it's on the southern tip of the state on the coast and it's mm-hmm. like right north of myrtle beach so maybe like an hour north of Myrtle Beach, and there's this like retirement course. Well, I don't know if it's a retirement course, but it's it's in a retirement community um, called Cape Fear National. And you guys are over in the area. It's a good course. Um, and there's this there's all these like lagoons all over throughout the course because it, it runs alongside the Cape Fear River Basin. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's horribly sweaty. It's the middle of summer. It's probably 95 degrees. And now since this happened, I wear rain gloves during the summer. Um, especially when I play that, that course, because there's no trees, there's nothing, it's just barren. And, um, I was, I was using my three wood and there was this 
tee box and, and it was, I think it was just a par four and there's this long lagoon that runs along like the fairway and the fairway is off to the right a little bit. And you have to like hit it between like these like two trees and like a bunch of bushes. Um, and on the top of my, on the top of my swing, the club flew out of my hands and into the lagoon. And, <laughs> and I was, I was wondering if that happened to you because literally like the next week I it was the same driver set that my dad gave me. It was like a big birth an old big birth, the driver set. I was playing golf with some buddies of mine in Atlanta, uh, my coworkers at the time when I was at body track and we we're on a, just playing at a par three course. And I had like, I, I don't know why I had my driver out, but it was a longer hole and I took it out. And at the, once again, same at the top of my top of my swing, it flew out of my, it flew out of my hands and hit a tree and bounced back under the tee box. <laughs> and, and ever since I have not, like if it's in the summer and it, I'm, I'm wearing, depending on where in the country I'm, I'm wearing rain gloves. And I swear to God, they're like the best. They're just like if you have really sweaty palms like I get, especially yeah. in the I have rain gloves. I love them. They're yeah. Great. I think yeah, Bryce I'm is just talking about shooting 79 with 39 putts. I think that's it. Well, I shot a 77 the other day with 14 birdie chances. Not saying they were close, but I mean, if I sink half of those, it's a 68. So yeah. yeah. I just, my putting game is just not there. And I've threatened a few putters for sure. <laughs> I yeah. Say, I was going to say, like, instructors will sometimes tell you, like, don't grip the club too tight. And it's not like Ben really took that to an yeah. barely holding on to right? it. It's the worst thing. And then like it, it happens to you and you're like, well, I'm just done. Like, it's like, I don't know yeah. what to do here because I remember I, I looked like an NFL player. Like I looked like a quarterback. Like, you know how they have like the, the towels in their waist mm. and they're constantly drying their hands. I looked like a quarterback. I had a towel in through my belt loop at all times. And it even got to the point where I literally wrapped the towel around the grip. <laughs> Because it was just, it was constantly like, if it didn't fly out of your hands, it was just, you were losing your grip through your club. So sometimes like you would just ground the club into the, into the, into the grass before you even got to the ball. Have you tried, uh, Iomic? Is it Iomic Bryce that, that Chris was talking about? Yeah. 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 So they're supposed to be like really, really tacky, really Uh, tacky. Do they have grips or they? Yeah, they're a grip. Do you have some Bryce? Um, I've won. Ben, as as we're going here, we can uh, we can loop back to that. But I wanted to ask okay, you. So cool. we're talking about um, that's the logo there. But yeah, they're really tacky. Yeah, okay. yeah. We would have to. Uh, it might be worth checking out because I know um, a friend of our uh, custom club, uh, Chris's custom clubs. He uh, he's a club fitter. Um, one of the best out there. Does like restorations and everything like that. And uh, he swears by them. So go over and uh, check them out if you can. But um, I was curious as we were talking and and um, a few minutes ago, Jesse was kind of going through the idea of who's kind of using it and um, what the purpose is for it. Are you, you know, you're working on the marketing or are you trying to kind of hone in on any, any specific demographic? Or are you looking at any certain type of clientele that you're working on, Ben? Yeah. So it's funny. And, and, and I remember, I think I told this to Jesse during my, our interview or I did it to someone recently. Um, when I was at the you know previous stents, when I was, you know, Rapsodo and body track specifically, like, although those products are great, they're somewhat limited to a point because, and this is just based on like experience and talking to people and even really good golfers. Not everyone wants to be, you know, no, not, not everyone wants to be not everyone wants to know every single data point with their golf swing or their golf ball or their golf game. Not everyone wants to know that. Like, you know, I know people that are single handicaps that, you know, they consider themselves field players and, and I would give them like a launch monitor, like try this out. And they're like, Hey, I just need to know. I, I just need to know my distances. And then they give it back to me a couple of days later. I'm like, I'm good. I don't need, and I'm like, what well, does all these awesome things? And he goes, I don't care. 
He goes, well, you can see the flight path. He goes, I don't care. I, I really don't. I don't need to. He's like, I need one thing to work on at a time. I don't need a bunch of numbers and data points. Like I, it, this is reason like he would not wear like a whoop band or he wouldn't wear a Fitbit. He's like, just tell me my steps. I don't really care anything else. He just one of the, some of those, just some people in the world that don't care about all the different things that a tech product can do. So you're just somewhat limited. Uh, and in body track specifically, like you're, you need to understand every single point that that product it's based in biomechanics. And so it's based, it's based in medicine. It's based in, it's based in uh, some, I think the guy designed it as a doctor. Um, so you just, there's so much education that goes with that product. And that was the one thing I really liked about club catchers that who doesn't suffer from losing their wedge or who doesn't suffer from losing their, their putter. Yeah. Literally, like, I don't care how good you are. Everyone loses their putter at some point or everyone drops their club at some point, whether they're angry, whatever it is, they're careless. Uh, it happens to everyone. Like I remember we were, and that was the one thing that was really freeing about it. I was like, I can target anyone with our ads. I can target anyone with our, with our social media. There's it's, there's something self-deprecating about it. It's traumatic, but it's funny. Um, it's just, it's just something that affects everyone. And, and I remember even during, we did a photo shoot about a month ago or a little over a month ago, cause we just needed content. And, and it, I literally left my wedge in a hole while we were shooting. A photo <laughs> That's shoot. perfect. It, it literally, and there's photos, I, I think it's in our, I think there's some stuff on our social media about me running back to grab the, the I've seen the that. Wedge. I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. And, yeah. And it literally was just, it was in real time. Like a buddy of mine, I think it was even the photographer was like, Ben, don't forget your putter. And I'm like, oh. And I turned around, sprinted after, and then he's like, "You just took out his camera and took a bunch of photos." So when we look at our demographics, like there's certain things I think built into the into the golf world just based on like what a golfer looks like. But I, I'm glad that at least the golf demographic is expanding over the right. last couple of years. And I think that's something that COVID's been really awesome about is that there's just been people that you wouldn't expect to be golfers to taking up golf. And, and I know the women's game is growing like crazy. The LPGA is growing like crazy. Um, and there's a bunch of new independent media golf outlets like you guys and, and you know, Barstool and Fried Egg and, you know, Random Golf Club. They're, everyone's, they're, they're all popping up everywhere. So with us, like, it wasn't like I had to go look at and like, okay, we're only going to target a certain level of golfers. We're only going to target people that are playing on the amateur tours. We're only going to target people that are trying to get really, really good. We can target people that are going to go out and drink a bunch of beers and score 105. And mm-hmm. we can target people like my dad who are really, really cares about what his score is. Um, so that it just, it, that's something that's freeing about it. So our demographics, like, I think if you, if you really nail it down, I think that like the, it's between like, you know, 22 to 65. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Like I, I guess what I, should, well, I was asking that question is because the more Jesse and I got talking uh, last week, the idea was like, there really is maybe only like 1% of the golfer that could not utilize this product, right? Yeah. Or product. Howdies. I, well, pretty much the, it's the top 1% of golfers won't use club catcher and yeah. 99% of others, some of them may not use it, but they can use it. I, I can use it. I, you know, would fall somewhere in the top couple of percent of golfers in the world, like being the idea of how golfers are scored Bryce the same way. And it is still something that we could use. Um, yeah. you know, if I go, I've got some friends who play PGA tour Canada, I've carried their bags and stuff before those guys probably wouldn't use it, but they're in the top 1% or higher of yeah. golfers on the planet. Right. So that's why I thought it was kind of cool that it's, um, cause I was, as, as Jesse and I got talking, the wheels were kind of spinning a little bit and then realized that, and you had said that you were kind of sending them to some, you know, seniors and whatnot that are playing yeah. golf that are a little bit older and whatnot, but that's perfect though. Nobody wants to lose a club. I was golfing with a friend of mine, Sam, the other day, and he had lost his, uh, I think his 56, his pitching wedge and his eight iron. And he knew exactly where he left them on the, uh, on the whole, like the golf course he was playing the night before. Right. So 
immediately if you have these you get back to your bag and and you don't lose those right so that's expensive well, especially but. with like yeah how expensive clubs are right now like yeah. you're paying six hundred dollars for a driver like or maybe even more for a putter i mean you don't want to be leaving those places i mean people snap snag those i mean hopefully not but people will take them obviously and i think you just you guys are preventing that for uh for everyone t- technically and it's just uh I think more people need to utilize it. Sure. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I do think like I do talk to sometimes golfers who are quite experienced and and, and they'll sort of say, um, you know, I used to have that problem, but like I really learned how to not do it. So I do think there is a segment that have just through enough practice and determination mm-hmm. learned how to not leave their clubs behind. And that's fine. But like uh, um, like Mac is saying, it's like that's. I yeah, that's I thought small. I learned how to not hit a snap hook too and i tell myself that i have learned how to not not hit a snap hit a snap hook but it doesn't always happen that way but um bryce before you jump in we're in conversation with ben and jesse from club catcher um i'm gonna link the social media the website and everything below so if anybody is at this point they want to go check it out um there's a couple other uh, products that are kind of similar like it's we talked about the arcos model and how it screws into the it's like a cap screws into the end of the club um really I guess kind of like small and not very intrusive in your bag, which is kind of nice. I had a question for you, Jesse, before, uh, sorry, Bryce, just before you hop in, because you were talking about, you were talking about like the size of it and all the different, like you were trying like the RFID card. Now I'm thinking about like at work, we've got these scanners in our vehicles to get into an area. Um, and it's, I, that's why I grabbed my wedge here. So it's kind of like, if you can look at this, it's sort of like the, you got the KBS like logo here or whatever it is, but it's, like a flat, almost, I don't know how to explain it, but almost like a, a, a sensor or something, right? Have you guys ever thought about like something like that? Or is that kind of how, what you're talking about? It would just be overloaded as like a chip. So, yeah. So that's, I think what you're talking about is a passive RFID system. So okay. Yeah. A passive RFID system. So it's like, you know, it's what's in like a, a, a badge that opens doors or, exactly. it's, in, or it's in your credit card that you, that you hold up to, um, that you hold up to the credit card machine where you don't have to put it in, you just hold it up, right? That's passive RFID. So what that is, is the passive RFID reader emits radio frequency. And then there's a little circuit in that chip. That little chip doesn't have its own power source. It doesn't have its own battery. So where does it get its power from to be able to do anything? It actually gets its power from the the RF that the reader is putting out. So the reader, so whether that's the credit card machine or the door, um, the little door device that that you hold your card up to to get through a door, um, that reader is putting out enough RF that it actually goes into the, there's a little like receiving antenna in the chip. The RF goes into that antenna. It energizes a little circuit in the chip, which then sends RF back out. And um, so that's great. And it's an awesome system. Um, it requires um, either a lot of power for the R- for the RFID reader or to be really close. So if you want to hold it up, if you want this thing to be able to work at any distance, like, you know, if we start talking about multiple inches of distance, you need a lot of power in that passive RFID reader. And so if we were going to do it like where like the passive RFID um, reader was like something that you could, we were trying to do something you could kind of like clip onto the golf bag or, or somehow attach inside the golf bag or put like at the kind of at the rim of it. Like it was just going to be way too power hungry and like you'd have to have giant batteries and it would be very expensive. The way that I think you could do it realistically is if you build it into the bottom of the golf bag. So essentially the, the, 
there'd be a, a passive RFID antenna essentially on the bottom surface of the golf bag. And then you'd have the chip at the end of the grip so that it basically would come down and essentially touch mm-hmm. right. the passive RFID reader. And, and that's the whole thing. Like the, the, the smaller distances, it makes an enormous effect on how much energy you need. And so like, then it could be a relatively low power RFID reader if you're literally kind of almost touching the, the chip to, the, to that surface. So, but you really then have to build it into the golf bag, which is something we think about. We haven't gotten to that yet, but that I think that could be really cool. Yeah. I just, I just had like a light bulb moment. So I, I hope our listeners did as well. Like I didn't really, like, I guess I didn't realize that the power would be coming from the Somewhere external else. source. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. So that's, yep. that's kind of why I was just sort of curious if it could be, you know, put on in some other way. So. With that, yeah, we have yeah, like yeah. Bluetooth. So, yeah. And, and that would yeah. be cool because then those things would be like, those are like a passive RFID chip is super cheap. So, I mean, it would add some expense to the golf bag, but the things that you're putting onto the uh, onto the clubs just become a passive RFID chip versus there's like a lot of complexity. There's a mm-hmm. battery in here and multiple sensors and a microcontroller, which is a little computer and a Bluetooth radio. And so, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm kind of glad we kind of went that direction because one of the questions I had was, um, I know you guys just kind of came out with this product kind of recently and you're all with it right now, but do you guys have any future plans to kind of move forward and bring out new products or are you kind of just sticking with this right now? And, and, so, and go? Yeah, I mean, what we have in mind right now is some extensions of this product. Um, I don't, I don't think we have anything that's like in a completely different category. I mean, when I started, when I first started working on this, I actually thought about the thing that, you know, that Arcos does or that Garmin does with sort of, um, you know, using these devices to kind of mark where you are when you hit a ball using your phone's GPS and then taking the difference on that and and, uh, determining your shot distances and doing statistics and things. So, like, I thought a lot about that, but, like, people now are doing a good job of that. So, like, I don't feel like I particularly need to try to do that right now unless unless I think of something that – different that I haven't yet but so I think that like some extensions of this product um besides that kind of like smart golf bag that I talked about before um would be um combining I think it'd be really cool to combine the club catcher app with like a golf gps app because then the nice thing there is like first of all like then people could use the golf gps app even if they don't have any club catcher units and Mm -hmm. um and then if they want to buy club catcher units, they can kind of add that on. And so it has kind of utility on its own as a golf GPS stuff. But then also there's a kind of a nice combination between the two where like, if let's say there's a scenario where you lose, you, you leave a club behind, but um, you accidentally, now, by the way, even if you have your phone on uh, do not disturb or you have the mute switch uh, on mute, like the alarm will still go off. But if you've actually turned the volume on the alarm all the way down, then by accident for some reason just or for some reason you just don't hear it and so instead of hearing the alarm as you get back to your bag you realize it again you realize it later and you're like oh i'm missing my wedge and you look at the app and it's like yep it's like telling you you need to go back you realize you didn't hear the alarm if we had it combined with a golf gps app then what we could do is show you in the app here's where you were on the golf course Mm -hmm. when the app last saw that club and so then you can know exactly where you left it behind. And so I think that would be really cool. Like most of the time, I hope that when, you know, you hear the alarm and, and it also, by the way, it works on like, it works on smartwatch it works on you know, Apple watch, um, 
Android watches, it works on. Like if you have a Garmin watch, you can set up your Garmin watch to get notifications from your phone. So we want you to be able to really hear the alarm when it happens, but, and so it shouldn't usually be necessary, but that's something that I think would be great that we'd like to do in the future is kind of combining it with a golf GPS app. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, other than that, I think like, you know, the same way that Arcos kind of builds their um, sensors into grips, I think that would be a good thing to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's not a unit that sticks up, you know, past the grips, just in the grip. Um, so yeah, I think the, like those are what we have in mind right now. Um, but like, we're always sort of open to the great ideas as well. So Bryce, you'll be able to, the walk of shame when you like go back to the club in the middle of the night to fish your putter out of the pond, you'll be able to one day find it with the GPS. You'll be able to just look yeah, at, look at your phone and find out where in the pond it is. That's uh, I mean, if I get that mad, I ain't going back for it. <laughs> it's done. It's done. It's, it's uh, yeah. yeah. Are you, are you, you like, guys a, are you seeing the, um, you guys have seen probably it. And this is one of the things that made us want to make this product, the smiling and, I want to make the product years ago is like we started going and looking at the lost and found sort of the big bin of lost and found clubs at every course. And it's just like every single course has dozens, you know, and it's just, um, it just just made it clear. And then we started looking up statistics online and found Mm -hmm. out like how many people are actually doing this. It's just so widespread. It's just crazy. So yeah. So it's like, uh, it's just cool to have a problem that like, I like to say it's like, you know, since golf was invented in Scotland, you know, people have been leaving clubs behind and yeah. and now there's a solution. It's just kind of cool to come up with something where like there's never been an actual solution to this problem before, you know? Yeah. And this what is what were you gonna say there, Ben? I was just gonna say I was gonna follow up. I'll just follow up on what Jesse just said. Like yeah. I did this recently when I first started with Club Etcher, I did go to a course and I asked them, like, where do you keep all your lost clubs? Like all the ones that you find on the course, where do you put them? And this is just a, like a local muni just outside of Nashville. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, go downstairs. We dropped off your golf cart, like in the garage and there should be some down there. And I walked down there and it was like, a, it, it was so depressing. It, there, were, there was clubs probably dating back 15 years and there's probably hundreds of them in buckets. Uh-huh. And, and I've talked to people at other courses, like this isn't like a one-off thing. This is like at every course. <laughs> like if you, if you just are intrigued by it, like just go to your local public golf course, or even a country club and just be like, where do you keep them? Like where do you, and they don't have like a good way of getting rid of the clubs. They probably have them just stored somewhere in a, in a locker or something. Like my, I talked to my father about it at his country club in North Carolina. And he said the same thing. He's like, no, we have hundreds, we have hundreds in buckets just sitting in like, just in the garage, just in storage rooms. We don't know what to do with them. So it is, it is like, it's, it's just kind of funny. It's, it's like when you looked at it, like, or at least when I saw it, I'm like, I'm just thinking about all the trauma and all like the heartbreak yeah. from all your clothes and all the, I'm just like, I wonder how much money just if you add up like the average value of each of these clubs, like yeah. when they were, when they were lost, like how much money do you think was lost on these things? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the funny thing for me is like, it, like I actually, in all those times that I like left clubs behind, like, I don't think I actually ever like lost, lost it. Like for good. I was always able to eventually come up with it. Like going usually by just like going back and finding it. Or sometimes someone brings it to me or, um, you know, it's, it's after, you know, someone brings it up to the pro shop, but like, um, yeah. So for me, it's like, how do you even quantify the frustration though? Like, how do you like that amount of frustration that I felt having to go and like delay my group, then go back and like interrupt other people. Hey guys, sorry. I'm just seeing a wedge around here. You yeah. Know? Yeah. There's the money, which is like, obviously awesome to save people from that. But like, I also like the thought of like just saving people from frustration. You know? Well, it's also like kind of unique too. Cause we're, you know, you're building something that's, it doesn't exist. 
This is, this is one of a kind, right? I just need it for like my truck keys in the morning, my work badge, (laughs) my wallet, my sunglasses. I, I need, (laughs) I need to affix something to like those four items when I walk out the door as I grab my bag. And, uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll have no problem, but, um, we we get rangefinder a lot. We get a, I get, I will get a, we'll get a DM every now and then going, will you make this for a rangefinder? Cause I lose that a lot. I can see that leave it in the card or whatever it may be. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 Especially if you don't have one of like the the ones with like they have the magnet bat, magnet built in that can just you know, so you can just throw it right back onto the golf cart. And I feel like that can be worse though. I feel like that's how people end up losing it a lot is like leaving yeah. it on They'll the put cart. It on like a club or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'm the type of guy too to like go out to my ball, range it, and just drop the range finder on the ground. So I'll do it. You drop like you drop your driver and your in the head cover, and you just throw your <laughs> throw your launch you throw your range finder right next to the head cover. I've done that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty there's, unique. Um, so there's, there's some systems like uh, like tile. I don't know if you guys have seen. Yeah, that. I have a couple of tiles. Yeah, so like tile might you might be able to get tile to work okay with your range finder. We, you can't get tile to work properly with clubs. Um, it just doesn't work. You really need to you need to be really looking at whether the clubs are going in or out of the bag, and so you need just a special system for that. Um, but if you just if you just you, you might be able to use tile with your range finder, but it, it also might not be, we've talked about this. It might not be a bad idea, idea to just um, sort of make a special range finder unit. So just like, if you're already using club catcher, you can just, you don't have to go and get tile. You can just use the, like the club catcher range finder unit. Right. And now it just integrates with the rest of your system. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sky's the limit, right? It's uh it's all about like how it develops too and how people receive it. Right. And I think all it takes is like that one time to get that alert. Like, I, like Jesse, when we were sitting down here and, I put the club in the bag in the bag or whatever. And I put it back. I think I put the butter back first and like the alarm went off right away. Like I said, I was, I was kind of shocked. It was like that soon. Right. And I think obviously if you have these in the end of your clubs after a little while, you're going to kind of like take it for granted maybe. But if there's like, you know, that one time or whatever it is that you kind of think about it, your money's already like, it's already paid for. Right. If you've got a $250 Vogue, like SM nine or whatatever it is. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, exactly. It, it's like, it's kind of cool that it's like a one-off, like this is the only of its kind. And that, I don't know, I think you'll have that moment where it just kind of goes off in your mind. You're like, okay, like I already paid for, I already paid for the product or whatever. Right. So yeah, it's kind of cool. yeah. I gotta go okay. ahead. I was just going to say, when's the ball catcher coming? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a tricky, that's a trick. That's a tricky problem. Uh, and there's people who've sort of tried that and, I don't think it worked great. And I don't know if I have any better ideas than they do, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I could think of how to do it, I would. Um, that's a hard one. Well, somebody, um, somebody, I was gonna say somebody, did you guys see the video that somebody literally tried to put like an Apple tag or yeah, a, I did Apple, see that. cut well, the ball up and put it in, put it, reconnected it. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Um, but it's just hard. You compromise the integrity of the golf ball, you know? Yeah. So if yeah. you want to do anything to it. So, yeah, I haven't, uh, I don't think I've seen that video, but yeah, if you, yeah, it would be something hard to break into, right? So, um, where can we go, Jesse? Where can we go to learn some more? Uh, if, if, if we want to, you know, if somebody's listening to the pod right now and they kind of want to have a look, like, is it just over on social media on your website? Do you guys have any instructional instructional videos, anything that they can learn a little bit more about the product? I'll let Ben answer that. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys can find us on social media at, at the club catcher. Uh, Instagram is kind of our main platform. Our website is the clubcatcher.com. Uh, we have a how it works page. We have some stuff coming out, and, and we have a, I think there was an article that was done on us uh, by Plugged In Golf 
Um, so if you search plugged in golf with Coquetry, you'll find that article. There's also one done by Sports Illustrated uh, that was done, I think, one or t- a month or two ago. Uh, I think it's their morning read or morning read at Sports Illustrated Club Catcher. Um, you can find that. Uh, and we have some stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks, too. That should be pretty cool. So yeah, you got Oh, sorry, that was the last part. No, I was going to say, you'll see some more stuff about us in the next couple of weeks, too. So, that, so it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And then like, yeah, I mean, if you like, we tried to make setup super easy, but if you do um, want to see me going through a full setup, like basically full setup from the time you kind of open the box until you're ready to start playing about five minutes. And that's just a one-time thing, um, you know, which, which includes, includes literally like, you know, taking a unit out of the box, screwing it into the club, and then, you know, doing that for your four units. If you have a four pack, you can do it for as many as you want, but we sell this four pack, um, uh, which is what a lot of people get for the wedges and the butter. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the whole thing, so you screw the units in, put them in the bag and then just register each one to the app and that whole thing end to end is five minutes. And there's a, there's a five minute video, um, in the free, it's linked in the FAQ section of our website. In the first FAQ topic, you can uh, watch a video of me setting it up. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I mean, if anybody has questions, um, I actually love talking to customers. So I invite people to reach out to me, um, or reach out to us and you can do that at um, uh, info or support at theclubcatcher.com. Um, and I'm happy to, I, and I'll, I'll get on the phone with some people too. Like the, I would say that the one thing that um, the one thing that, and we, and now we've tried to put a lot of different notes in here to help people with this. But like, I think the one thing that people stumble on is uh, if you're in, indoors, people don't realize. So it was designed for outdoor light. And people don't realize how much less light there is indoors than outdoors. And so if you take out a club in some rooms, it's, there's enough light for it to activate the light sensor, which wakes up the unit. But in some rooms, there's not. And then it's just a simple thing to do, which we kind of have printed materials saying this. And we have it in the app now letting people know to do this. But like if you're, you know, if you pull out a club and you're not seeing it show up in the app, you just either use your phone's flashlight or hold it up to a light bulb or something, and then you'll see it in the app. That's the only thing that every once in a while, I've had that, you know, people struggle with a little bit. Um, but other than that, it's super simple. Um, so yeah, um, what else? I think, okay. yeah, again, like I, I kind of mentioned earlier, like if you made it this far, um, I think we have a promo code. I should say that OTS golf. Oh yeah. 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 So if you go use that promo code, you'll uh, get a discount. It'll be, uh, be great. But uh do we I, want to say? Do you want to say the, what the promo code is, the discount code, or are you going to put that in? Like, I'll put it in the description below. But it's uh, what is it? Uh, OTS Golf twenty percent off. It's a, it's definitely twenty percent off. I just wanted to find out what the actual code is. I can look it up here. Okay. Yeah. So I'll also link it below. So if you're, if you're interested, we're going to link an idea of where you can go over and purchase these, uh, the website, everything like that, or just go through social media as well. But one thing I can tell you, if you're having the question and you're just like, you know, not sure about it or whatever it may be, I've put them in the, uh, in the wedges in the putter and you know, Jesse's not lying. It literally takes a couple minutes. It's, uh, it's, they don't hurt to have them in, right? I mean, it's not, and it doesn't interfere with you. It doesn't, um, intruder no. spraying or anything so i mean you can't hurt it can't hurt to put them in yeah no it can't and, and like we we um we kind of did some investigation on like does it affect swing dynamics and the answer is it really doesn't um if like there's you you guys might have heard of this like um the swing weight as a measure like if people adjust the dynamics they talk about 
adding to adding to swing weight or reducing to, uh, from swing weight. And so it's like if you add, it's like if you add um, weight on the head of the club, it adds. And if you uh, yeah. subtract, it reduces. Or if you add weight to the grip, it reduces the swing weight. It's like a sixty point scale. And yeah. adding club catcher on the grip, I don't know. This might be getting a little bit too much in the weeds, but I'll just say it because I kind of looked into it. So adding it on the grip, like. If you do the swing, that swing weight system, it adds about one out of 60, which most people, like pretty much nobody can feel one. Yeah, that's that 1% that we talked about that might actually. I I, I would challenge anybody to, I really would challenge anyone to be able to tell whether it's there if they're not looking. I don't think anybody would ever know. And here's the thing. What what I found out, and this is the part that's like maybe a little tar- too far into the weeds, but basically swing weight was was come up. Uh, people came up with swing weight because it's really easy to measure. You can come up with this device. I don't know decades ago, which is this sort of balance, and you put the you kind of you're pivoting the golf club around a point 14 inches from the end of the grip, and then you kind of weigh how much the end weighs using kind of a regular scale. But what that really is is that's an approximation for moment of inertia. So moment of inertia is an actual more sort of sophisticated way. And there's actually machines, but it's like a more expensive electronic machine that you need to measure moment of inertia. But that's really measuring the, you know, the, the, how much inertia, how much rotational inertia the golf club has. And you're measuring that around a pivot point at the end of the grip. So swing weight is a good approximation for moment of inertia if you're adding or subtracting at the head of the club. It's not a good approximation for a moment of inertia if you're adding or subtracting at the mm-hmm. grip. And so it turns out that adding right at that pivot point actually does not affect moment of inertia at all. Um, mm-hmm. And it does affect swing weight just because swing weight is not a perfect approximation for moment of inertia. So that's sort of the long spiel on that. But like bottom line, like I would challenge anybody to notice if it's there. That's it cool. Ways, to- yeah, go ahead, yeah. That's cool to think about it that way because I know they do a lot of MOI work in the head with um, launch angles and stuff, but I've never even thought about it um, throughout the whole golf club, obviously. But right, there's, um, there's moments of inertia around um, the the like the swing axis, and then there's moments of inertia around the, the shaft yeah. axis, which is which is a different thing, also, right? But but those mm-hmm. are both important for swing dynamics. Yeah, um, and it weighs yeah it weighs a quarter of an ounce. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think it's making much of a difference. Uh, ben, what um, what uh, do you guys just have the four pack option right now? Say it again. Can you repeat that? Do you guys have the four pack option right now, or do you have uh, different options? We have single pack, two pack, and four pack. Okay, uh, what's the cost for them? Uh, cost is for, for four pack is seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah, I uh, just seventy nine. It's just seventy nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so give me a second. It's seventy nine for and uh, and then so. And then the uh, two pack is forty five, and the single unit is twenty five. Perfect. So okay, so single pack twenty five, two pack forty five, four pack seventy nine. Yeah. So for each club, you know, the average club is probably a couple hundred bucks and more. So, right. no brainer, right? No brainer. If you're uh, if you're prone to it, definitely go check it out. Uh, what's the yeah. website, Jesse? Theclubcatcher.com. and you got to put the the in the front because there's someone with. If you just go to clubcatcher.com, it's someone who like takes pictures at nightclubs and posts them <laughs> like okay. that kind of club. I don't know. So, that might be cool too. I don't know. Maybe it's your you thing. Go check it out. Right? You, you might see some nice clubs, but the, the clubcatcher.com. Yeah. The clubcatcher.com. If you're, uh, if you're interested in the product here, Ben, Jesse, thanks so much guys. Did, did you miss anything, Jesse? Were you trying to look up something oh, before? The, I let only, go there? the only one thing I was going to say is, um, is that, yeah, we all, you know, we also wanted to make this 
a system where like um, you can just you just like if you want to look at the app, the app will show you what clubs are in and out at a certain time. But like we designed it such that you just have to leave it running in the background and and it just works. So like you don't mm -hmm. have to be we didn't want to distract from the game right. at all. So you don't have to be interacting with your phone at all. And also some people ask this question. So you don't need any network connection at all. So like if you're out of like if you if you don't have any cell signal, that's fine. Doesn't matter. You can actually have your phone in airplane mode and it still works as long as you go and turn Bluetooth on. So mm. you don't need any network connection. It's just your phone and the Bluetooth and the devices. That's all you need. Do you have to have the app open or it will it no. open itself? Okay. Oh, cool. yes, no, sorry. You have to have it open. You oh, have okay. to have it uh, you can't if you exit the app then it won't work but you okay. can have it just in the background yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you can be using other apps or, or just have your phone okay. screen off so it can just be running in the background cool perfect all right guys well thanks i really appreciate it um i think this is uh the first and only time we'll have a, a discussion, as you know, about something that we're, you know, trying to keep the clubs in our golf bag rather than uh, leave them on the course. So it's pretty cool, pretty cool pro uh, product. And uh, again, we'll, um, yeah, we have a little affiliate code, so we'll drop it below if anybody wants to go over and check it out. Um, but yeah, the clubcatcher.com um, over on Instagram as well. If you're driving, when you stop your car, I'm going to put the links uh, just down below in the description and you can go check it out for yourselves. Or you can see Ben running after to get his putter in, uh, in real time. Not yeah, anger, I, I think the, the, the discount <laughs> exactly i think the discount code is going to be ots20 okay ots20 there we go perfect well thank you guys so much bryce ben jesse thank you guys this was a lot of fun appreciate it yeah mac and bryce really awesome to get to know you guys a little bit and thanks so much this was fun it was a pleasure having you guys on thank you you guys He's out in my ball and of course so I tee up uh, I lose a ball and I re-up I miss a fairway, I probably end up in the ocean Or maybe the beach And I'm on a part five and I'm finna go reach it, reach it. Second was blind, I ain't see it yeah. Feel like it might be an average I was working scenario